Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Fuji Love Podcast, where we talk about all things Fujifilm, X-Series, GFX, and so much more. I'm your host, Mark Sadowski, and joining me this week is a very talented photographer, as well as a contributor to Fuji Love Magazine, Joey Spadoni. How's it going, Joey? Awesome, Mark. Hey, thanks so much for having me on. My pleasure. Joey's a fantastic photographer. He has been a professional photographer for quite some time and now has made the switch from being a professional full-time photographer to uh, the, the the legal professional that he is now. Uh, in training, of course. You're, you're in school for that still, right? Uh, yes, still in school. Right on. And today we're just going to uh, talk shop and in particular, we're going to focus on the Fujifilm X100V or X105, whichever you prefer. Mm-hmm. And this is something that you've completely switched to uh, now that you're transitioning from uh, the, the professional side of photography to more of an artistic, casual side of photography. And you've gone completely all in on the X100, huh? I am all in on the X100V and I'm really excited to do it. You know, I'm sure there are probably some people out there who want to, and I would say anyone who's, who's thinking about it, I highly recommend it. Um, for me, it's all about uh, grabbing a tool that just kind of cuts away anything that's excessive and just gives you exactly what you need. That's uh, an efficient, small package to kind of go out into the world and, and take the pictures that you want to take. So I'm really excited to, uh, to have my hands on this camera. Awesome. But before we begin, I wanted to give a shout out to Fuji Love Magazine. Uh, the This is the magazine that makes this podcast possible. And if you go to fujilove.com, you'll be able to find all the things that you need to read about, whether it's gear related, if you want to hear stories uh, or read stories in this case about uh, ex-photographers and how they're taking the photos and be able to see some pretty impressive photos like Joey's uh, head on over to fujilove.com. And right now, because we are in the middle at the time of this recording, still the world knee deep in uh, quarantines with, with the coronavirus, uh, Tomas, the editor in chief and owner of Fuji love magazine and this podcast has generously allowed uh, everybody who's new to Fuji Love to give the magazine a 30 day free trial, no commitment needed. You don't need to present a credit card. Uh, head on over to bit.ly slash Fuji Love Free, and you'll be able to give the magazine uh, a 30 day trial. And why why not spend uh th- this time uh in quarantine and and read some great articles read some great stories from other fuji photographers and see some really impressive photos head on over to fujilove.com for the latest and greatest but also check out the magazine as well so thank you tomas and we hope that the entire world is going to get better soon because wow, it's been a interesting few weeks. And in, in, in lieu of that, we're actually going to be releasing more episodes, more bonus episodes just to kind of keep people entertained and have something to listen to. I know being, cooped up in one place it's very difficult so hopefully having some more bonus episodes to listen to will take your mind off and one thing that has helped me tremendously uh, is just sitting back and chatting about uh just story gear talk stories of uh, photography and joey when you uh volunteered to to talk about your your experiences i was uh, please <laughs> come on in uh your articles are awesome on fuji love magazine you. and you so bringing much. you into talk shop is, is is awesome so how are you doing joey i'm great and I'm, I'm glad to be here you're right it's such a crazy time so it's it's nice to have an opportunity to, to sit down like you said and, and and talk about photography something that i know you and i both love it, it, and thank you um 
So let's talk about where you are right now. So what are you doing professionally with law? Like what, what exactly, uh, where are you going to school for that right now? Oh, I am at the University of Massachusetts School of Law. So I uh, am still in my 1L year, the first first year of law school. And, you know, as you were saying, Mark, with with um, everything going on with the coronavirus, we uh, just made the switch. We're finishing up our semester online. So it's uh, kind of a crazy time, but um, the year's been going great. I, I uh, you know, I, I sometimes miss the, the professional photography work that I was doing full time beforehand. But, you know, it honestly also frees me up to pursue a lot of um, different creative projects that kind of had to take a, a backseat during that time. Um, so it's, it's photography still very, very much a big part of my life. Yeah. And Hey, shout out to being a UMass uh, student. Uh, I'm a UMass alum myself. Oh, I, I, I went to actually, uh, I went to UMass Lowell. Great. That's awesome. Yeah. Go UMass. Right on. <laughs> yeah. no, I love it. Great school. Great, great school. Right on. Where are you? Uh, you're you're in uh, the Boston area, right? The UMass Boston campus. Uh so yeah. So the 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 law campus is actually down near the. Um, uh, it's kind of a satellite campus off of the Dartmouth area. So I got I got a heck of a oh, commute. Right, yeah. <laughs> but but it's not not too bad. I get get a chance to listen to a lot of great podcasts. So can't complain. There you go. <laughs> That's what counts. Absolutely. And so, what made you make the switch from? Uh, a professional photography career because you were telling me uh, prior to recording the show that you were uh, a wedding photographer, commercial photographer, uh, basically the whole nine yards of uh, professional photography gigs. And what made you switch from that side to, uh, to, to law? Um, Yeah, that's a great question. You know, law was always something that was kind of floating around, uh, in the background for me and, and something that I kind of had been thinking about for a while. And, and I really enjoyed the work that I was doing as a professional photographer. Um, but uh, again, just kind of thinking about, um, about you know, my values and, and where, where, I, uh, where I wanted to focus my time and my effort, I decided to make the switch and I've been feeling good about it. And, uh, and, and like I said, I feel like it really frees me up to kind of pursue a lot of those creative projects that I'm really, really excited about. And, you know, I was doing a lot of creative product projects, um, you know, almost before that time as a professional photographer, back when I was in college. And uh, now that I'm a student once more, I, I find myself with uh, an opportunity to, to dive into those a little bit um, more deeply again. So it's, it's an exciting time. It's kind of interesting that you mentioned uh, tra- being creative before and after, but during, uh, it, it's, it's a very difficult time to be creative which the great irony is that you have a tool that your entire profession is trying to be creative, but mm. you're at the whim for, for, for wedding photography in particular, you're kind of at the whim of, uh, of needing to capture certain details. Uh, so that artistic merit sometimes becomes very repetitive mm. in our point of view, from our client's point of view, it's the greatest thing in the world, but they have the uh, the the fortunate position to get married only once yes. <laughs> and, and see it only once, whereas we're constantly seeing it over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I get the the uh, the need to kind of expand that. How long were you a professional photographer for? So I um, started doing it towards the end of my time in college, uh, and then I really was able to secure um, kind of a, a full-time position as a professional photographer right as I was leaving college, and I did that for about three years, uh, and then I, I uh, stepped down and, and went back into the classroom. Right but on. Actually, oh, Mark, you're a young guy. Yeah, I just wanted to, to jump on something you said that I, I really, um, really, I'm really glad you brought that up in terms of being creative during the professional work, because I, I may... Um, uh, I may not have said that uh, in a way that I would have wanted to, which is that you absolutely have to be creative doing that professional work. And, and I was, as I'm sure uh, all the other professional photographers listening to this would, would probably agree that you, it's, it's, right. a, it's a requirement. Uh, so I guess for me, it's, you know, having to develop that skill of realizing that, you know, I'm not doing this professional work necessarily to only please myself, whereas I might do that with a personal project. It was learning how to kind of work with other people 
and realize that whether it was a boss or it was a client, that there was an, uh, somebody else's point of view and perspective. And it was learning how to kind of blend my creative vision with the ultimate product that they were hoping for. And so that was almost like a, a, a whole different skill set that I had to kind of learn on the fly. Um, so I guess that would be the, the distinction that, that I'm drawing is, you know, who kind of has that final say of, you know, what is the, the end product that we're trying to get to from a creative standpoint? Is it, is it just me? Am I doing this work for me and for my audience? Or am I doing it for someone who's paying me? And I think of those as kind of, kind of two separate endeavors. That's a great way of putting it. And I'm going to steal that and, and use that. <laughs> hey, you know, it's all yours. <laughs> you helped me get there. Because you're right. In the end, uh, it's who who's who's the final boss, right. and is this for me or is this for uh, for for someone else? And mm-hmm. that that is a super distinction to make, and it's it's a correct one. I, I think that that's more. Uh, it, it definitely sounds better than, than what I said. <laughs> no, we tagged you because you kind of because I didn't say it initially, and you kind of helped me get there, so I appreciate it. Take it and run with it. Right on. <laughs> Sounds good. Uh, so, in your professional endeavor, were you always Fujifilm, or were you also Canon, or uh, did you use any other gear? Um, well, it's, wow, it's like it's like uh, you have like a superpower there. It was Canon. It was um, kind of a, a, a blend there. So, my personal gear. So, when I was doing work where people were hiring me, you know, um, just kind of freelance. I had a Fujifilm kit, um, but at the, at my place of employment, they also provided, um, some micro four thirds gear for different video work and then a Canon full frame kit for specifically sports events, things like that. But I always kind of augmented it with my, with my Fuji gear. You know, I, I, uh, I'm on the Fuji love podcast. I, I love Fuji. Um, but it was also trying to, you know, work with, with the equipment that they had there as well. Um, so it's kind of a blend of, of using uh, those three different systems. Right, you were working for somebody, so you had to use uh, you had to use what they what, what they provided, and mm-hmm. they have their own processes involved with like the post production and everything. So I get that. Mm-hmm. Um, and when so now that you've made the switch from uh, the professional side, um, how you you you're your article, your most recent article on Fuji Love basically says you sold everything uh, to to acquire the 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 one one true camera. Mm-hmm. What is it about the? And I'm I, I'm baiting you here a little bit because uh, <laughs> I think it's an interesting thing, and I'll share my personal experience with the X100 as well. But what is it about the X100 that just draws you to it? Like, why not just keep the X Pro Two? and just have the 23 millimeter lens? Uh, well, that's a great question. And I think um, just in terms of ex- being able to adequately explain to, to you, Mark, and to the listeners why I would just jump kind of head first uh, into um, or jump with the, the X100V, I have to say that my you know all-time favorite camera, the camera that really taught me photography and was a, a, a real companion camera that was just by my side day in and day out, was actually the Fujifilm X100S, which I had back when I was, uh, you know, back when I was a student, and I had an opportunity to study abroad with that camera. I did a lot of travel. I took on my first, um, my first professional jobs. I did my first second shooting with that camera. So I already yes. knew how far you could push the Fujifilm X100 cameras, further than I think somebody who's never used them could imagine. Because you'd say, well, it's a 23 millimeter lens. It, it's only f2. I mean. How, how, how much can you realistically do with this camera? But, but personally, I, I have felt, and, and maybe some people would disagree with this, but maybe some people would agree with it, that the X100 with its fixed 23F2 versus any interchangeable Fujifilm camera with the 23F2 lens, is it's, it's different. It's, it's, it's different to use. I think the images are different. I think anybody you know could, could potentially tell you that. Uh, and so being able to kind of remind myself of how wonderful that X100S experience was, was really the impetus for my decision to move on from having different lenses and, and, and lots of different gear and just going back to that streamlined, simple one camera, one focal length, focus on story, focus on composition. Uh, and so that was what really kind of motivated me to, to make that decision. There really was something to that. Now, I, I got into it with the X100, the the original one, uh, mm. when it was still Fine Picks, 
Um, yeah. It, it, the, something around that time really solidified what Fujifilm was doing because not only did you get the upgrade, which is the X100S, but you also had the first time you're experiencing the Kaizen update where uh, the X100S was becoming a better camera mm. and the original X100 was becoming a better camera as well. Mm. And this was unheard of back. I mean, we're not talking about a, a, a long time ago either. This is the kind of the, the funny part uh, in electronic terms. It was a, you know, millions of years ago, but right. in the grand scheme of things, it wasn't that long ago, but, this was really unheard of to to have these kinds of firmware updates to breathe new life into gear rather than just passing it on to the next upgraded uh, upgradable camera next next system and so i hear you man have just being able to have that freedom with the x100 you, you, you there was like no burden to to what you were doing and you right. felt like you could do anything, go anywhere, and come out with great shots. In my case, I had the X100, uh, so I was hoping that whatever great shot I got wasn't moving too fast. <laughs> oh. <laughs> right. There were limits. And you know what's uh, wild? It's just to think how far we have come, or Fuji has come, and we as, as, a, as the Fuji community have come in terms of what we can expect from these cameras, because I have just been blown away with how fast the autofocus is, how responsive the camera is. So to your point about, you know, the original X100, the X100S, I mean, I, I don't remember thinking of it as, as particularly, you know, slow. I mean, it was, you know, kind of to your point, it, it was. But now when you think about how lightning fast the camera is, it's just wild how far and how, uh, how much they've been able to jump forward in that regard. Yes. And... So when the X105 uh, was, was announced and we got, we had camera announcements pretty much back to back to back. We had the mm -hmm. X, X Pro 3, we had the X105 and then uh, the X-T4. It made me realize that uh, Fujifilm has a very unique and in terms of business strategy, a very difficult position in, in that they don't just have a primary camera system like you think of Canon and their flagship cameras, like the one mm -hmm. D, uh, the one D series, and um, you know Nikon has their flagship camera. Fujifilm, for the longest time, we've been referring to the X Pro camera and the XT camera line as their flagship cameras, but really, what we have is kind of a holy trinity mm. um and i'm really talking it up with the holy part uh, <laughs> it's, just, it's my catholic upbringing right. um but uh you have the three cameras that really shape what the company does for photography you have the x pro the x the xt series and the x100 that just kind of it, it feels like the the heart and soul uh, of uh, of the entire company. Absolutely, and it's it's wild to see. You know, I, I love how you kind of put it as as the T and the Pro kind of side by side. You know, initially in terms of some of the earlier ones, because especially with the the very unique specific screen that they gave to the X Pro Three, which I had an opportunity to to play with for a little bit it really kind of pushed it off into in a little bit of a different direction from what we're seeing with the X-T4 and the screen on the, on the X100V. Different types of screens for different types of shooters and seeing them spread out like that, I think is really wise. Yeah, it definitely, uh, man, <laughs> they're definitely a big gamble to take um, for, for a company that, that, you know, prides itself on, on the photography, but it shows how much they're willing to take a chance and mm -hmm. how much they really care about the photography experience. You know, truth be told, I actually, and, and I was completely wrong, obviously, um, but I actually thought that they were going to do the same thing with the X100 up, update when I saw the X Pro 3, that they were going to do the same hiding of the 
uh, LCD screen, but instead they went uh, one step even better and made that LCD screen very, uh, you know, the, the tilt screen and gave it a nice flush uh, surface where it's, you, I mean, you, you barely don't even know that it's a tilt screen at all. Um, you know, absolutely, Mark. And, and I, I was with you. I mean, in terms of that speculation, were we going to get the same type of screen experience that we'd seen on the four previous models? Were they going to give us this new change? Was it going to be articulating in any way, shape or form? And personally, I was against any articulation. I was like, don't change what's been a tried and true form factor with the X100 cameras. I wanted it to be exactly like my X100S. And when I saw that it was an articulating screen, if I'm being honest, and, and I, I talk about this in, in the article on Fujilove, I was a little disappointed. I was like, what are you guys doing? And then I actually mm -hmm. held it in my hands and I started using it. And I realized that the way that the screen just pops right into the back, it's almost like it's not an articulating screen. It only becomes one when you need it. And that's yes. what I, I love about it is that I can have that classic experience that I had with my X100S and that I'm sure a lot of the other X100 users will be familiar with. But then in those very difficult angles, those tough spots, there it is. You can pull it out and it's actually a joy to have. And I can be the first one to raise my hand and say, you know what? You were right, Fuji. I was wrong. This screen is awesome. <laughs> so let's get into the nitty gritty with the, the X100. Um, what so now that you're freed of the burden of professional work, uh, so to speak, what are you? What what is your next artistic project to to accomplish with the with, with the X100? Um, yeah, no, great question. You know, I I'm still trying to um, you know work through that and come up with kind of the next story that I really want to tell. You know, one of the projects that I'm you know uh, I was most excited about and that I was the proudest of. Um, was a project that I did back when I was uh, still in school where I worked with a number of uh, some people that I knew a little bit, some people that were complete strangers to me, where I basically walked up to them and it was kind of um, derivative of the, you know, the great work we've seen with the, um, you know, the Humans of New York, which was kind of a spinoff where I was working with these people trying to generate a series of three portraits, each one trying to illustrate a different way that that individual was being perceived, whether it was how they perceived themselves, how they believed they were perceived, or how they wanted to be perceived. And so it was a real long-term project where I was interviewing these people, and together we were trying to answer those questions and then figure out how do we translate this answer to something that we can visually represent with um, a photograph. And it was actually really, really interesting. During that project, I began it with my old beat-up tried and true X100S, and I actually finished it with my brand new, at the time, um, X-Pro2. And so it was uh, a really interesting uh, evolution of how I used that gear during the project. Um, and so that project was one that I was really, really excited about. And I could see myself kind of playing with similar themes moving forward. Again, you know, like you're saying, now that I've, I've kind of freed up some of that time, I really love, you know, I was a philosophy major in college, so I love kind of digging a little bit deeper and working with people trying to figure out uh, what kind of story they're, they're trying to tell. And, you know, I love to collaboratively make photographs with people rather than necessarily just kind of taking a photograph of them. And so I haven't really pinpointed exactly where I'm, I'm going to take that, but something in a similar vein, because it was a, um, something that was very rewarding for me to do uh, back when I, I did that in 2016. Right on, man. One of the things that really strikes me about the X100 is how versatile it is. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of people will, and a lot of people uh, display it as more of a street photography type of tool. Um, I, I I love using it for everything. Mm -hmm. Back when uh, I, I had the X100 and man, now all of a sudden I really regret selling it um, <laughs> uh, I regret selling all my old Fuji gear it, 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 it's this weird weird feeling I always get it has to be done but um, say la vie um, I did everything with it I did landscape photos I did uh, candid photography during you know during cocktail hours at weddings I did uh, portraits with it I did you know just casual family vacation fun photos uh it really was that all-in-one camera uh for for everything and 
uh, one of my favorite experiences with with the X100 was when uh, when I was doing the uh, the other podcast that I was part of uh, that I still own, but I, I don't regularly update the podcast that my, my friends do, the mm-hmm. Tiny Shutter podcast. We did a collaborative trip up to the White Mountains in New Hampshire and did kind of like a a, a tour of a bunch of waterfalls, wow. and it was a lot of fun. And what I found myself doing is doing less actual landscape photography, but more just photographing all my friends doing photography. Mm. And that was all done with the, with the X 100. And, and in some cases I just threw it up on a tripod and just took a few waterfall shots, had that built in ND filter. I could easily manipulate it and, and get the nice waterfall effect. Uh, so that was cool. Uh, but more than that, it was just fun photographing everybody else doing photography. It it was so much fun. It was, it was a great experience. Um, so man, I, I hear you about like just having that feeling that the sky's the limit with, with, with with the camera. Um, well, I think that's so cool that you were using the camera in that way, because I, I totally agree with you, you know, as, as the first X100, the content was being, you know, disseminated across the internet, you see a lot of people just putting it in that, in that simple category of street, street photography. And I think that that's, you know, obviously makes a ton of sense. And, and I'm sure that's primarily how it's used, but I love hearing that you were, you know, documenting this fun trip with your friends and documenting your life because, you know, in a way I think of myself kind of as an observational photographer, somebody who's just, I'm out to just document my life, whether I'm traveling or I'm just, you know, walking my dog or with my friends or out to dinner. And I think that the X100 just so thrives in that role because it's, it's a camera that's just so inconspicuous. You can slide it into a jacket pocket when people, when you're taking pictures, pictures with it, it's not very intimidating. It's not, doesn't have a big honking lens. It's not this big, you know, traditional looking camera. And so it just, it's this stealthy instrument that can almost function as an extension of your eyes. If you really learn how to see through that, that 35 millimeters. And so, you know, I think it's probably, you know, I, I don't want to speak for you, but I'd be curious when you look back at those pictures of your friends from the trip, you know, does it, does it remind you of that experience? Cause I, I look back at a lot of my extra hundred pictures and it reminds me of of the times I traveled with it and the things that I did with it. Totally, it it, it just it, it just brings really has that uh, that that character where it brings back the 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 trip, mm-hmm. uh, the, just the the beautiful colors. And back then, I was just shooting a, on uh, Provia. I wasn't really exploring any of the film simulations. Mm-hmm. Uh, it wasn't until Co- uh, Classic Chrome that things really bugged out for me <laughs> mm-hmm. uh but yeah it was it was just man just the the amount of life that the the camera was able to capture uh and i hope i'm not using you know too much hyperbole there it's but it just it just that great ability to capture color and being in the middle of a very green lush forest uh you know you being in the Boston area, you must know the the, the White Mountains as well. Um, mm. it, it's just, it just brings that trip back to life, and yeah, I I I, I love it, and, and I, I miss the camera. <laughs> yeah, well, hey, you know, I, if if you can get your hands on on another one, I, I highly recommend it. And I, I I do have to say, you know, with you mentioning those film simulators, I would be remiss if I didn't take this opportunity to give a quick shout out to my new dear friend, Classic Neg, because that film simulator is awesome. I totally didn't think I was going to love it, but I can't, so I don't know if the buttons are broken, but I just can't seem to change that film simulator. No, I'm kidding. I just love it. I use it all the time. It just, it, it's, it's a very different style than I have am accustomed to. I, I oftentimes shoot in Velvia or I, I love Acros. I'm probably the, the only person who uses Acros. Again, just kidding. But when I use Classic <laughs> Neg, I'm finding that the pictures just have this, this fun, interesting pop kind of look to them. And something as simple as my dog sleeping in her bed up in my bedroom this morning as the light was coming in, I couldn't help but just grab the X100V, stoop down, pull out the flip out screen and snap a picture of her in in um in uh in that film simulator 
and the picture just really popped and came to life. So sorry, I had to just do that quick shout out. I had to say hi to my new friend. No, that's that's awesome because I haven't had the chance to use that yet. Um, the, the the most recent camera that I picked up is the XT3, mm. and you know, hopefully sometime this summer I'll be able to uh, uh, see a nice Kaizen firmware update where I get to have that film sim. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it, it, it's one thing that when, when the X-Pro3 came out and, and seeing Kevin Mullins share his photos and seeing the classic Neg, it's like, oh, th- th- this this is just absolutely gorgeous. Just yeah. that, really that, that beautiful contrast with that weird color experience. It, it, was, it, it was just beautiful from what I saw and everybody who's been sharing their classic neck photos has been making me really wish I had one. <laughs> yeah. Well, hopefully you, like you said, you, that update will come out and you'll get a chance to shoot with it. And I, I, I have no doubt you're going to enjoy it, Mark, because it's, it's, uh, it's a unique kind of interesting, fun take on it. And it really makes the pictures pop for sure. So the last episode that I posted uh, was with Allison Conklin and we got to talking about uh, just just this need for a new camera and while we started talking about the uh, GFX series and how uh, crazy affordable it is right now uh, and, and in lieu of uh, you know compared to other uh, medium format stuff we just came back to talking about the X100 and, and mm-hmm. the siren call that it, it's been uh, sending me Um just just something about that camera is i don't know maybe it's the newly designed lens something something in there is just really singing to me so you being somebody who had the x100s mm-hmm. and now have the x100v tell me tell me what you're feeling like the the comparison between what you felt back then that magic feeling that you had compared to what's happening now is it still magical uh you know because you have a few generation gap in there kind of like how i have it except i don't have the x100v yet <laughs> but yeah tell me word yet mark <laughs> yet <laughs> yet but like tell like what what do you feel i, I want to try to get that like you know what what's what what do you want to photograph the most with it anything and everything you know i i use the title go everywhere do anything and i i really mean that and you know of course I, i'm you're probably not going to see me like out on a safari tour like trying to get pictures of like you know the the lions you know, hunting, of course, I can't do that with, with 35 millimeter. But when I say do everything, I mean, the things I want to photograph, you know, like you were talking earlier about like using the neutral density filter, I love going out, going for hikes, you know, with friends out to areas where you have that rushing water and being able to, to photograph little details, getting up close and, and throwing things uh, into uh, having that blurry background with the f2 on this lens, then putting it up on the tripod and using the neutral density filter to get that, those long exposure shots of the water. It's just a very versatile camera. And so, you know, as I was saying earlier, it's really about documenting my life. And, and you know, I'm a little atypical in this regard, but, you know, I don't really have like a, a dedicated camera bag that, that I, I really want to carry this camera around in. I like to put it in my backpack when I'm going to school or just, you know, keep it with me because I find that when I put my cameras in their bags, I'm less likely to pick them up and use them. And when I have them out and I put them on a shelf or it's in the, on the passenger seat next to me in my car, I'm just more inclined to photograph. So to answer your question in terms of what am I most excited to, to shoot, I feel like it's anything and everything. And with this camera, I really feel like I am ready to run out the door and just start taking those pictures. You know, that's really interesting uh, about the, the camera bag thing. I, I do... I, I do relate to that. Like mm. now, now that I'm thinking back to a few times, like whenever I had my camera cameras in, in the camera bags, I'm less likely to pull them out. But if you have it just kind of freely sitting next to you, it's boom there in an yeah. instant. I'm going to have to take that. Uh, I'm stealing that too. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Be my guest. 
No, and that I, is a good idea. I really and I and I hope that there's you know maybe at least one person out there who hears that suggestion and gives it a shot because and, and I will say and I'll and you know just to, to do a, a tie into an, an earlier part of our discussion, Mark, I, I found that when I was really embroiled in the professional work where I felt like every day all the time I was either out shooting or I was sitting in front of a computer editing in Lightroom, shooting, editing, shooting, editing. I'd come home and I, would, I wouldn't really be that motivated to be, hey, I'm going to grab my camera and go take some pictures. I just was ready to do something else. Yeah. But I found that my camera was just living in its bag. You know, it, it was setting up shop down there. And so taking it out, putting it out on your kitchen table, putting it on your bureau, just looking at it, I think is that reminder to be like, I want to go take some pictures of this. Even if it's a picture of your big toe or it's a picture of, of your dog or your kids or anything, just using the gear is just getting you that much better because you're, you're becoming more familiar with it. And so when those moments come around, when you do have an opportunity to travel, you do have an opportunity to see something truly amazing, you're just that much more familiar with your gear. You're that much more likely to, to get a picture you're really excited about. And I really believe in that. That is amazing. And uh, anybody who's taking a picture of their big toe, uh, <laughs> de- definitely hashtag uh, MyFujiLove. <laughs> then uh, re- really send the Instagram account uh, going crazy. Tarantino will love it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Wow. And, 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 you know, I will have to just also circle back to what you were talking about in terms of the new lens, Mark, because um, the old four iterations, and I actually did have an opportunity to really extensively use the X100F uh, a couple of different times. And again, great camera. Um, but as, as we've seen and as we've heard from a number of people, that lens was starting to get a little old, a little long in the tooth, especially as we were, you know, increasing the sensor resolution and adding more and more to the camera. Obviously, it was really kind of pushed up against it. And so this new and improved lens, I've just been absolutely blown away with, you know, basically on my old camera on the X100S, sadly, and I I hate to criticize Fujifilm, but I very rarely shot at F2 because very rarely was I excited with those pictures. You know, it's not that they were bad. They just weren't necessarily uh, the type of image that I was, I was really excited to share. And so I would kind of save it for just like emergencies when I really, really needed the light. Um, On the flip side, I am almost exclusively shooting at F2 on this mm-hmm. lens because whether it's low light, whether, you know, I love to do things with really shallow depth of field, I'm just shooting at F2. And I got to tell you, Mark, the pictures are great. And so whether you're excited about the, the, the mostly weather ceiling or the new flip screen or all the great improvements they added, I really think the lens right there, if you're, if you're on the fence about upgrading, it's the lens that's really going to put you over the top because it's just, it, it's leaps and bounds ahead of where it was. Man, I am, I am like that, 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 uh, no, no, just to kind of date the podcast, that stimulus package that, uh, the, the house and the president are planning to, to, to <laughs> issue to the American people. I, I need my wife to get a hold of that check first because <laughs> I'm afraid I would buy this camera. <laughs> it's only a matter of time, Mark. It's only a matter of time. Where'd that money go? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it is like, like oh god um it it really it really does give you give you that sense of freedom mm-hmm. uh that that just ability to shoot anything and and really you can because it has macro capabilities built into it uh that that, that are automatic uh so if you want to do kind of like up close and personal stuff you can yeah most uh, definitely Great portraits. How do you feel about the digital zoom? I feel like I'm the only one that's def- uh, that, that defends that. I actually really enjoyed it on the X100F whenever I played with it. Uh, wh- what do you think about that? You know, I will not criticize anybody who um, likes that. And again, it's not just because you are the host and you're interviewing me and you like it. But <laughs> I find myself actually kind of steering clear of uh, any kind of digital crop. And again, I can see the artistic benefits of wanting to, you know, see at that focal length. But personally, for me, it's not really in line with how I want to use the instrument. But again, I could definitely yeah. see some people really taking advantage of having that opportunity. Because, like, of course, you can crop, but if you're there at the scene and you want to see what's in front of you with that digital crop, it's right there at your fingertips. And so I think it's a good thing to have. Right on, man. So how, how do you... Uh primarily shoot do you like using the optical viewfinder or uh, is it the lcd uh the electronic viewfinder that that appeals most to you 
you know, well, the answer that I want to be able to give you is, oh, I use the optical viewfinder every time because deep down there's a part of me that really wants to be one of those guys. But this electronic viewfinder is just so advanced that it's, it's I got to be honest, it's hard to pull that little lever in the front and switch over. Again, maybe as I age with this camera, uh, I'll be able to push myself and take advantage of all of the plethora of benefits that come from using the optical viewfinder, whether it's being able to see outside of the framing lines or, or any number of things. Um, but personally, I'm really using the the electronic viewfinder. And, you know, interestingly, when we were talking about kind of the earlier iterations of the camera, Mark, I found myself remembering that the autofocus on the X100S was, to put it really gently, not so good. And I found myself um, taking pictures for summer camp where there was a lot of kids running around doing activities, and I just really couldn't rely on that autofocus in terms of getting motion. And so I, I actually ended up yeah. exploring the manual focus capabilities of that camera and explored with focus peaking. And so when I was really kind of learning photography and understanding, okay, well, this is aperture, this is ISO, this is shutter speed, and these are how these four things come together you know, and, and work together to, to get the perfect picture, um, manual focus was really also kind of like that fourth pillar for me. And so mm -hmm. again, I really needed that electronic viewfinder because I was really relying on the focus peaking. And so again, that kind of carried over to when I was using my X-Pro2, whether it was using the manual focus capabilities, but I've always been a huge fan of the focus peaking. So I think that also may be one of the reasons why I, I steer clear of the optical viewfinder, even though I know they have the, the picture in picture. I mean, I don't have um, Spider-Man's eyesight, so I don't know if I could use that uh, in an adept fashion, but uh, mm -hmm. I end up sticking with the electronic viewfinder. The only time I ever go uh, optical viewfinder is during very dark receptions when everyone's dancing. Mm -hmm. Uh, have switching to the optical is just so much easier to uh, kind of uh, assess right. what's going on. Yeah. Uh, th that's the only time, but I, I'm with you, man. The digital is uh, really, really good. <laughs> it's it just allows you to, to, to see everything and see the exposure the way you want it uh, in the way you need it. Um, man, I gotta say going through your portfolio, uh, I, I've been looking at it for the past few days. You have this great balance of nature photography. Uh, you have this great balance of uh, macro photography. You have the, uh, oh God, I keep forgetting. What is it? The uh, intentional camera movement style of photography, mm -hmm. doing a, a lot of those. It is a very, you have a very versatile um, portfolio. And I got to ask, man, what, what, what is your favorite type of uh, style to shoot? What, what is your ideal, uh, your, your favorite style? That's a great question. And I just want to say thanks so much for, you know, going to the website and checking out the images. You know, for me, I, I love creating images that um, I enjoy looking at. But of course, I love creating images that other people have a good time you know, um, viewing them. It's kind of, you know, when you ask the question, you know, why, why are we, why are we even buying these cameras? Why are we even taking these pictures? And knowing that you, you know, you went and looked at it, you know, means a lot to me in terms of the portfolio and the work that I'm, you know, really, really excited to pursue. Um, you know, I, I, I kind of, uh, shift, I have different, different interests. I'm, I'm sure that, you know, you're probably the same way or, or, or some of the listeners are similar where, you know, for a while I was all about portrait work and, and, you know, and if, if you notice, there's actually very few portraits on my website. I ended up kind of taking some of those images down and, and moving more towards fine art and, and really trying to find details. I mean, I really love going to a scene and, you know, I was actually just earlier uh, today before our, our wonderful conversation, Mark, I was actually out hiking with the X100V and, you know, I was just walking on a road that I normally drive by. I, I've probably driven by this place a thousand times. And I walked by it for, I think, the very first time. And there were very small little um, kind of purple flowers starting to bud up on this person's lawn. And I just grabbed the camera. It was right around my neck. And I, I was in classic neg, just to say, used the, the articulating screen. And I snapped this picture. And I, I've yet to really edit it. And it's not on my website yet. But I, I already knew right when I took it, I was like, I really like this picture. I really am excited to edit this picture. I'm excited to share this with with, with my followers, with, with people who go to my website. And so, you know, to answer your question, I, I, I don't really know. I think it's about the thing that excites me in the moment. You know, when I have the camera 
and I see something beautiful and I want to share it with other people, I think that's what I'm most excited about. You know what? Now, now that you mention it, that 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 is what your uh, portfolio looks like. It looks mm-hmm. like we are following you on uh, your travels, whether it is you know in the middle of the city or you're. Just, it, it looks like we're uh, in there with the journey with you because it does look very. Uh, Oh God! Um, I mean, the versatility. I already mentioned that, but you know, in, in a few instances, it looks like we're on a walk with you in the, in the middle of the city, and then all of a sudden, it just cuts to another uh, close-up of a flower or something in the park it, itself. Mm-hmm. And so we're, or or just seeing the 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 sunlight through the uh, pine trees coming in. Uh, it, it looks like we're just along for the ride mm-hmm. as well. And it, it is uh, very, very soothing, actually, if you're looking at it in order. Um, so that's a great way of, uh, you, you know, I, I, I can see where you're going, coming from with, with, with the, um, you know, photographing everything that just appeals to you because your portfolio shows that we're, we're there for, uh, we're sharing in that experience. Well, thank you for saying those. Those are very, very nice words. I really appreciate that. And and I just as a follow up to that, you know, as I've been kind of going on my own f- photographic journey, just something that I I wanted to share is, and I, again, this is just kind of a, a journey. There we go. Thank you. That's yeah, the word. It's a journey for, for sure. Um, <laughs> is you know, for me when I think about like, and I kind of had an opportunity to, to share a little bit about this uh, in my article. So if anybody wants to hop over to Fuji Love and check that out, I, I did say a little bit about this, but um, this notion of like show what are the photographs that I'm most excited about in, in other people, whether it's, it's your work, Mark, or, 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 or Saul Leiter's work or, or William Albert Allard's work, or, or even Kevin Mullins's work. It's, I, I think it's when a photographer can show you, meaning, you know, you and I, the audience, how they see the world. I love those pictures, you know, not just an image that anybody could have taken, but only an image that you, Mark could have taken, or you, you know, Kevin Mullins could have taken. And, and I think those images speak for themselves because I don't see the world in that way. And so when I go to your website or I'm scrolling through your feed on Instagram and I see those images, it's kind of a new experience for me. It's not how I consume all of the, the wonderful things in the world around me. And so I love that type of photography and I have a long, long way to go on my own journey. But I think that's one of the guiding principles for me is how can I, whether I'm in the city or I'm at a beautiful national park or I'm in my own backyard, how can I show other people how I see this thing right here, right now in front of me? And I think I fall short of that oftentimes, but the times that I get it right, I think those are the images that I'm really excited to share with people. You know, the, the when you mentioned that you have a long, long way to go, um, that's actually a comforting thing for me because it just means I have more time on the trail, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> the, the trail of life. Um, I don't think we ever really get to a point where we're completely happy with our work. Uh, and, you know, there's always that drive to keep going and, and keep improving or, you know, keep doing that, that, that feeling of doing more, mm-hmm. uh, whether it's doing something different or doing something better. Uh, so I, I feel you there, man. Uh, there's just something that just keeps driving us and it just feels good that we can do it with uh, a a, a pretty sweet ride, like a Fuji camera. (laughs) Absolutely. And, and, you know, I'm going to go out on a limb here and and say, Hey, UMass grad, Boston area. I'm going to go out on a limb and say, you're a Tom Brady fan, just like I am. And I feel like what you're saying is exactly kind of that inspiration that we can draw from Tom Brady. I know it's a football reference and this is a, a, a photography podcast, but just in light of his his monumental uh, move that recently took place, I feel like that's something that's emblematic of his uh, football journey. And, and as a big-time fan, I've tried to incorporate that into my photography journey, which is that notion of always striving to be the very, very best you can be and never really arriving, but always always doing your best to grow. I'm, I'm going to surprise you, man, and, and say I'm not a Patriots fan at all. Oh, <laughs> you know what? It was worth a shot, right? It was worth it's a okay, shot. It's okay, man. The, the, so uh, the story behind that is um, – uh, I used to be a Red Sox fan until they incorporated Sweet Caroline into the <laughs> seventh or you know whatever they they do, 
And as a wedding photographer, Sweet Caroline, you hear it all the time. Mm. And if you're doing weddings in New England, the DJ kind of separates people into two sections. It is really painful. <laughs> and when they put it into uh, uh, baseball, it was like, oh, no, come on. Mm. All right, I'm done. Done. <laughs> I, I, I we got I got a World Series. I enjoyed it. I'm fine. Yeah. So that was that. And then with the Patriots, I just live in an area that just goes way too crazy for Patriots, mm. and it just kind of got oversaturated with uh, um, Patriots talk. In fact, I um, got into an argument with uh, my my hairdresser at Supercuts. Uh, the, it was during one of the many times that they were in the Super Bowl. And all the hairdressers were wearing their Patriots jerseys. And um, they, she was like, yeah, are you excited about the game? I'm like, oh, the game's on tonight. Okay. <laughs> oh, man. I, um, I, I, I actually had someplace else to go. But, you know, hey, hey, great. That, that's, that's fun. And yeah. she's like, oh, you're not a fan, are you? I'm like, I'm, yeah, I'm a casual fan. And, and I talked about that. And. And I was like, you know, and for some reason it got to the point where I compared uh, the 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 New England Patriots to the New York Yankees. Ooh. Um, oh, I, I remember why she was saying that you know everybody is just jealous of the the the, the New England Patriots. I'm like, yeah, that jealousy is more like hatred. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, well, they're just jealous. I'm like, you know, I you're a Red Sox fan. I'm gonna take a shot in the dark with that she's like oh i love the red Sox." i'm like do you like the yankees she's like no, no i hate way. them <laughs> the patriots are the yankees of football we are the bad guys <laughs> and she just looked she was just giving me these needle needle eye looks i'm like you know maybe i should have the other person cut my hair today <laughs> i was gonna say did she clip you on the uh, on the ear and say hey you know don't let the door hit you on your way out after after making a comment like that on super bowl sunday <laughs> i don't remember the paramedics said she did a number on me oh uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh man well I- i'm totally okay with all of your comments if you can end this by saying you're not a giants fan Oh no 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 no! I, I my, the the sport that I love the most is the Bruins. Oh hey, well, that's something uh, we have in common. Love the Bruins. Bruins are I, I feel is the 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 last pure sport in in Boston. Yeah, um, gotta love the Bruins. Right on, man. <laughs> yeah. So when they won the cup, uh, it was like you know that 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 was my Disneyland moment right there. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, hopefully they can if if the season ever gets back underway. You know they were they were on pace to win the president's trophy and hopefully win a cup, but it's been crazy to see uh, the season postponed. Yeah, it's it, it, oh, that, that's that's just one more thing to worry about with this whole COVID thing. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but man, uh, so yeah, yeah, so uh, I, that that's that's my little tangent story there for uh, uh, fans out there. So. You know, I, 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 I'm at least a Bruins fan. I'll take it. <laughs> so, I'll take it. Um, right on. So, uh, oh God, where were, where were we talking about before that? <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, the, that, that constant kind of like pursuit of, you know, noticing yourself as, as a person on a journey and trying to just strive to get better at your craft. And I, and I think that applies to professionals. I think it applies to to very serious enthusiast. I think it applies to somebody who picks up a camera for the very, very first time or someone who takes pictures on, on their, on their cell phones. It's just that idea of like photography is this passion that, that we all share that, that enriches our lives. But if we can also think of it as a pursuit, as something that we're all striving to, to get better at, you know, without going too far and and making it like, you know, uh, uh, difficult, but just having this notion of trying to be the very, very best you can be, uh, I think is something that can really help you improve your, uh, the work that you generate. Absolutely, man. And uh, again, your work is tremendous. My personal favorite photo that you have, and we'll, we'll end it on this one, is uh, is found in your fine art gallery. It is a winter setting. It's a it's a black and white. Uh, I'm uh, across. I'm guessing. Um, it, with a single person walking down a path in the middle of the snow. 
Oh, uh, yes. I, I think I know the one you're talking of. Yeah. I think that very well may have been Akros. I mean, if I'm shooting black and white, odds are it's going to be going to be Akros. <laughs> it is just such a great, compelling photo that just it, 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 just something it, it just hit me in the feels, especially, I, I think, with the current world setting. It, it just feels very welcoming uh that that cold which uh that really is very dominant in the in the photograph it just feels like it's uh very comforting and, and just kind of being on this solo journey mm. uh this one little individual on a solo journey just kind of feeling his isolation it, I don't know. I'm babbling, uh, no, but it just I, feels I like it. a great photo. It really yeah, speaks to me. I want to just jump on that real quick, which is, you want to know what's really interesting? And I, and I, again, this is another, something I feel strongly about is this was a discarded image. And then that's so funny that of all the images, this is the one that, that really resonated with you is that originally I said, this image is not good enough. And I, I, I left it aside, but I really do believe in going back through your work, re-editing, re-examining, recropping, reworking with your images and just seeing them through through kind of different eyes. And I think an image that originally I kind of just breezed right by, maybe at the time I was more excited about another one. I actually years, years later found this image and just saw it in a different way and I ended up posting it. And I just think that, that the fact that it resonated with you makes me so happy, Mark, because you know I think that just goes to show you how people can see images in a different way. And even myself, I needed to kind of mature and let, I think four years went by. I think this p- picture was from 2016. I only recently posted it. And so, so interesting is to, to anybody out there, you know, go back through, through your photographs, because there may be some, some diamonds in the rough that, that originally you kind of breezed by, but you go look at them with different eyes and you realize you, you captured something really special. Absolutely, man. I'm glad you put it up there because that one is uh, really awesome. Oh, well, thank you. So uh, dude, it was awesome. Joey, uh, I encourage everybody to head on over to uh, Fujilove Magazine to check out his articles and definitely read upon his uh, personal experience with the Fujifilm X105 or X100V. Uh, why don't you tell the world where they can find you on the web? Because I want everybody to be able to see your photography as well. Yeah, absolutely, Mark. Well, thanks uh, for that opportunity. Uh, you, anybody can find my photographs over at joeyspadoni.com. Uh, you can just Google that, joeyspinoni.com. Uh, the personal project that I talked about earlier that I had done a couple of years ago about perception and portraiture, that's actually a free ebook that can be downloaded on my website. So if anyone's interested in checking that out. And then I'm continually posting X100V content uh, basically daily at this point over on my Instagram, which again, you can follow me just at Joey Spadoni. Oh, cool. I didn't know you had an Instagram. Your uh, website didn't link it. Oh, yeah, I got a... Got to got to make sure that I, I tie all those things all those things together. But you can most definitely find my work over at Instagram as well. You got it, man. I'm I expect one more follower in, in just a few minutes. Oh, great! Thanks, Mark. <laughs> right on. So, Joey, it was awesome having you on the show, and I definitely want to ha- uh, bring you back. Uh, you, you're you're a local guy, and uh, tremendous writer, tremendous photographer, and I, I think. Maybe, just maybe, if if you have time and when the world writes itself, uh, oh, geez, I hope that's soon. Uh, let's do a road trip. Let's do a, a photo walk or let's do something. That would be and, awesome. And uh, take some cool photos. Absolutely. That'd be great. And hey, thanks so much for having me on and this opportunity to just talk about the X100V, talk about photography, talk about Fujifilm. Really, really fun. Thanks again for the opportunity. Awesome. Thank you. And Thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, You know where to find Joey now. You could find me, Mark Sadowski, on Instagram or Twitter. It's uh, just do a search for Mark Sadowski. That's Mark with a C. And once again, I want to give a shout out to Fujilove Magazine for making this podcast possible. And go ahead and give, uh, if you're not a subscriber to Fujilove Magazine, now's the time to do it uh, with with, uh, everything happening in the world. Take the time to just sit back, relax, read some great articles, see some great photography. Uh, head on over to bit.ly slash Fujilovefree and be able to, uh, if you're not already signed up for a, a, a magazine subscription, uh, check it out now. Now's the time to do it. 
And as always, head on over to Fujilove.com for the latest and greatest in all things Fujifilm, uh, GFX series, X series, and so much more. And thank you for making this podcast possible. And Joey, thank you for being on the show. And we'll see everybody next, uh, very soon next time. <laughs> and I just screwed up that ending. <laughs> it's all right. <laughs> no, I thought it was right. Still rolling, still rolling. Anyway, thank you all for listening. Talk to you soon.